Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast, actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Now, with more Sphinxes again. Wait, same Sphinx. So does that and less Kabek. <laughs> it's true. Less he is gone from this world. Pour one uh-huh. out for Kabek. I still no, say, no. don't pour one out for Kabek. <laughs> Definitely not pouring one out for that man. I think it was befitting that Citra and Sudi got the killing blows. Yeah. Yep. Vengeance. Like, that that <laughs> felt right. Well, I mean, not really right, because Citra's going to feel super guilty about killing someone later, but... She shouldn't. Uh, but he right killed now, himself by exploding. But we found Tedesura. Yeah, we did, did, sort of. I mean, we did find her frozen. <laughs> so, yeah, when last we left our heroes, the party in part three of their epic confrontation in the Shadow of the Pyramid had fought against the evil sorcerer, Kabek. Screw that guy. After a uh, a long and drawn out fight, which I think did a good job of illustrating how the party has improved in both uh, individual strength as well as uh, overall tactics. Sudi was able to fly. I think we did a lot of running back and forth. I am just glad that I didn't waste that fly scroll because if you'd failed that dang save. Oh, that would have been so sad. (laughs) Yeah. I would have been real sad because I'd been saving that for myself. Yeah. And then it nice was more pertinent one. for you to have it. And so she relinquished. I do, I do love the idea of Sudi trying to like stop everyone from fighting. And so it's just like 10 foot tall. Oh. Sudi reaches over and grabs like Hollis and Masika by the back of their shirts and just holds them up. Is like, no, friends. <laughs> <laughs> it had been so bad. It would have been the war. I would have been devastated. It wasn't Sagira, so she couldn't just elbow the bejesus out of you. Right. <laughs> A dramatic fight had continued, and the sorcerer Kabek is dead. Everybody and throw a party. Yeah. We still up. have a bee baby to find, though. Yeah, you still have a bee True. baby to find, and you, you went inside, you searched around the temple, and you found the petrified form of Tenesura. She wasn't petrified so much as encased in amber. She was sigiled. I think yeah, I think encased in amber is still a form of petrification, I think. I don't but know. I guess she herself, she technically was was removed from time. So, and we fixed uh, it. Temporally frozen. Frozen in carbonite. Ooh. Solo style. <laughs> solo style. Also, we the party did. leveled up. Got some fun stuff. Tenth level. Woohoo. Halfway to 20. Halfway to 20. I don't know if you'll make it the other half of the way. Sad. Why Why? Why do you put the bad mojo in the universe like that? Uh, I didn't mean it as bad mojo. Mojo. I more meant that I don't know what level this is. I don't think we're going to get to 20th level oh. in this adventure path. <laughs> this isn't yeah, I thought edition. you were like, well, maybe they won't make it because I will kill you. No. <laughs> definitely not, Sudi. I mean, I'm sure that's what he's thinking. Allegedly. You have no proof. Uh, I know you. I'm married to you. I know. That's true. The, the party had leveled up, and I suppose in our, our standard tradition... Why don't each of you tell us one cool thing that you got at this level? Okay. Hollis got a bonus feat, which I used to take an arcane discovery called Creative Destruction, which means anytime I cast an evocation spell that does damage, I get temporary hit points equal to the damage, the number of damage dice the spell uses. Nice. It doesn't stack, but it's, you take the highest and it lasts for like an hour. Cool. So basically, since you're 10th level, you drop a fireball, which is 10d6, and you gain 10 temporary hit points. Yep, pretty fun. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That's an interesting, unique ability. What about Sudi? 
Alright, Sudi, with his new level of living monolith, has now swapped out when he gets big. It's no longer in a large person. It's Righteous Might. Mm. Um, for those mm. who don't know what Righteous Might is, it's an additional plus two uh, to my strength. Uh, over, and plus over four over what I had, which was a plus two. So it's plus four strength and plus four constitution. So I'm going to get some extra hit points. Uh, I still take a minus two to my dex, but I get a plus two natural armor bonus. Uh, and Ooh. I also get a damage reduction of five. And if you're good, it's versus evil. If you're uh, evil, it's versus good. I got to choose. I chose DR5 good. Take that, evil people. Yeah. <laughs> Masika got the flight hex. Ooh. Okay. Like a creepy witch flying around. Oh, catfish witch. Catfish yeah, witch. I guess. So much like Narmer, you have no reason that you should be able to fly, but you can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it, gives me, it gives me feather fall at will, levitate once per day, and then flight as per the spell for a minute per caster level. Nice. 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 And that uh, does not need to be consecutive, correct? No, it does not. So Hollis, you can drop us from great heights. Masika will still be terrified, but she'll be okay. Sweet. <laughs> for 60 feet. Right? Yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> uh, so a uh, friend of the pod, Tom, Heather and I met at PaisoCon, not this year because there was no PaisoCon, just PaisoCon online this year, but the year before. Set a table with uh, with him and James Jacobs. Oh, hey. Wrote in stating that uh, with a the Wizards Dimension door, Dimension Door's up 540 feet, Wizards can't act until one round later. The Wizards in the party then plummet uh, at 576 feet per round and would splat. So... Fun thing, and I'll make this very short, is I don't think that this transferred over from 3.5 to Pathfinder, but in 3.5 you fell 500 feet the first round, and then you actually sped up. It actually accounted for momentum building up, but it wasn't specifically real-world momentum because you then have to factor in things in a void and air resistance and all the rest of that. So technically when Hollis teleported the party 540 feet up, the party free fell for 500 feet and then 40 feet before you hit the ground, Hollis cast Featherfall. Hey, so that's some epic we should have been a lot more right freaked there. out is what I'm hearing. You nearly killed us. Hollis has a 22 intelligence. She knew what she was she doing. Knew. She factored the math and decided not to tell us. She took at least one physics class as like an elective. But why so would yeah, you need I, to have a physics class when you break the laws of physics with magic? You got to know the rules to break them, baby. Yeah, so I, I don't... <laughs> point, I'm, point. I'm not positive the 500-foot rule made its way over to Pathfinder, but that is the rule that I've always gone with because, again, I started in 3.5, and it's kind of a, a successor to it, so... So we anyway. may have should have died. No, I don't think you should have, but by my interpretation of the rules, no. Uh, I will. My long... Weighted feats have finally Arches. paid off. Rachel's playing the long con. I, oh, I kind of did. So I've been building up my my magic abilities for the last two years of this podcast, and I finally got a really really cool thing. I can now dispel magic with a sneak attack. Oh, what? That's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's Hollis. rad. So Hollis for is this little amateur magic user in the corner, now she can stab things, and the lowest level magic ability they have goes poof. Bye bye. Oh, stab. nice. It's pretty awesome. Don't stab Hollis. I'm not going to stab Hollis. You have so many magic <laughs> abilities. Cool. Unless I'm confused and then I cannot help myself. I actually don't have that many spells cast on me at any given time, usually. I guess that's true, yeah. So then you don't have anything to worry about. Ooh, I can telekinetic charge you at people who have the fly spell cast on them and you stab them. And then they fall to the ground. But I have a ring well, of feather she's, fall. She's got a ring of feather fall. So it's a, it's a great, we have a thing going here. 
Oh my We've gosh. practiced this maneuver while Narmer and uh, Masika practiced their pratfalls. This was the this <laughs> yeah. is the anti-comic attack. <laughs> Anti-flying horrible magic users attack. But you would have been doing it to be able to stab Kabek. Yes, sure. Yeah. Well, she and we're fighting ability. someone called the Sky Pharaoh. Yeah. yeah. The so. Sky Pharaoh maneuver. The anti-Sky Pharaoh missile Citra. <laughs> will be launched. <laughs> We're going to launch me at the Sky Pharaoh. I'm going to stab him. And what, what What? it was possibly the lowest level thing he's got, I don't know. Plus, how am I supposed to get my sneak attack if he's flying? There's nobody you to flank with me. <laughs> that would be pretty Narmer, unexpected, to Narmer be fair. will soar up with you and flank. <laughs> oh, okay, so Narmer's going to flank with me, and then I'm going to stab him, and then the lowest level spell he's got, so... You just got to stab him a few like times. mage armor. <laughs> His mage armor's gone. Be- before anyone writes in, yes, we know that Narmer is a tiny-sized creature and therefore does not threaten. Masika yep. can it's fly now. It's a joke. <laughs> Masika can flank. It was a very complicated joke that we went really deep into to see if maybe, possibly, we could do it anyway. Anything's possible, yeah, as long try. as you think about the rules hard enough. So yeah, and uh, all cool, fun, new abilities. Even better, Narma will fly up and knock the Sky Pharaoh's mask off to make him blind, and then you launch her and sneak attack him. Yeah! See, we can make That's it work. That's actually possible. <laughs> I'll point out that the, uh, the Sky Pharaoh doesn't have a mask. Sudi's wearing yes, Sudi's got his mask. He's probably got Joke's a temporary on one because his face is all janky. He's probably wearing something and you will just put it on his face. You think he's got another funerary mask on? It's like one of those, like, you remove Batman's mask and it's just another Batman mask okay. underneath it. Thanks. <laughs> I like that Rick's like, hello. <laughs> Rick's like, can we get back to business? Can we get back to saving the world? I guess. Yeah, so I suppose as we left off, our heroes... Having uh, entered into the mortuary temple of Ta in the shadow here of Chisisek's pyramid, had found and freed the Sphinx Tedesura. I guess technically Citra, if you guys had run out of dispel magics, could have sneak attacked her to dispel magic. The um, thing. No. <laughs> no, she had uh, Masika had it. I get the feeling that that's going to happen to at least that's going to happen to Sudi at least once when he's charmed where Rachel just goes uh, I've got no other choice and then like stabs him sneak attack and dispel magic. Just slap him in the <laughs> slap him on the butt. Uh, Does it work with a non-lethal attack? If you have no. a non-lethal weapon. Yeah. No. Like end. So as we begin all of you stand in the, the central shrine here. The god Ta his statue standing off towards your side watching over all of you. The chamber quiet as the eight of you counting the familiars I think at this point yeah stand here with Hassan and uh, Anhok the sphinx stretches both in a, a feline sort of way but also in a tender sort of way as she's obviously still badly injured Hollis takes her hat off and says ma'am nice to meet you I'm Hollis Starkweather and then puts her hat back on hmm. the sphinx settles back on her haunches and this is Masika it's nice to see you again I mean, I wish it was under obviously better circumstances. Hey, she ain't dead, so that's an okay circumstance. Well, I know, but I would prefer her. One, not frozen in amber, and two, uh, not injured. The woman looks over at all of you. I had expected you sooner. We had a few, not detours, but delays, which I guess aren't detours. One of what you know about. You have it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I do. Sudi, like, reaches into his bag and pulls out the mask. What? That's on your head, son? No, the headdress no, is the, on, not the, the headdress. Oh, okay. I was like, why do you never remember that's on you? Never mind. I take it back. You're right. 
She's patting me in an apology. I'm sorry. She watches it for a long moment. Her eyes dart up towards Sudi's eye. You have traveled far. And we have learned much. We believe we know a way to put the mask to rest. And in doing so, destroy it. And that is why you have come. Yes. Uh, that and other reasons. Can I sense motive on her to make sure she's not, like, charmed or something? Because Hollow yeah, doesn't kinda, know this lady. Yeah, I kind of Yeah, you can sense. sense motive if you wish. So do you trust her implicitly? Well, of course <laughs> he does. I roll a 10 for a 20. Better than me. I rolled a 2 for a 12. Oh, wait. Oh. 2 for a 16. I mean, neither of you get the impression that there's not the, the odd cadence that usually occurs to someone who's charmed but then again okay. Hollis you've never met her before so you don't know how she speaks hmm. so you don't really have anything to compare her charmed or not charmed to Citrus she seems fine the same to you but then again you only met her very briefly yeah you are too late too late Wait, for too what late for what you came here to speak with him what to speak with who no we came no. here to kill Kabak and rescue you we came here what to rescue said. the bee child Oh, also that. Yes, the, the bee baby. Do you know where the bee baby is? Perhaps. Who are we supposed to speak with? The man who has the answers you seek. Can we answer a riddle to know who that is? You haven't rolled any knowledge, Sphinx. <laughs> 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 Jessica gives Jordan a look like you really want me to have to roll a knowledge arcana. <laughs> I start with a 19. Taking 10, I get a 29. Do I know about sphinxes? <laughs> you, have a, you have a general knowledge pertaining towards sphinxes. If you want to ask a few questions, you can. Eh, I'll save them. She seems to wait patiently. You mean... With that cat thing where she doesn't seem to blink for long periods of time. She just stares intently at you. Do you mean like a Chisasek? No, I mean Chisasek has been dead for a long time. The man with the answers... Yeah, but doesn't the mask allow you to speak with the dead? Yes, if we can find his um, corporeal form. So, isn't this Chisisek's tomb? Yes, but that would mean that they took Chisisek's body. I mean, I don't think they would be above doing that. Maybe the Sky Pharaoh wants his architect back. It's possible. And has the capabilities and means to raise him? Or at least to speak with him. Maybe he doesn't know how to use the pyramid. Here's what I got to tell you about raising people. Not as hard as some of this other stuff this guy's accomplished. Wait, really? I mean, if you're strong enough in specific schools of magic, it's hard. It's not like Citra couldn't do it. But well, a guy called the Sky Pharaoh that uh, has a flying pyramid and all sorts of weird aromancy and whatnot, I wouldn't put it past him. But wouldn't that be necromancy to raise the dead? Depends on how you're doing it, but I mean, do you think I mean, this guy cares about that? I was thinking that the mummy Sky Pharaoh probably wants his, you know, architect to also be an undead abomination that lives for all of eternity, so... See, we don't even know if this guy's a mummy. He got his call split up. He could be some sort of crazy lich. We don't know. Well, no, I, I assumed that he was not a standard mummy just because his essence has been split. But yeah, he probably doesn't mind the whole undead thing if it furthers his goal of, like, taking over Osirian and saving us from the Ruby Prince and etc etc well that's a problem because in that case we're going to have to see if there's any records here that have well I mean she hasn't told me I'm right yet but also it's never a problem if there's records records are second to magic in their beautiful awesomeness was I right the Sphinx has been <laughs> her eyes don't seem to move <laughs> like she actually moves her head almost as if her eyes are fixed forward 
and just seems to have gone back and forth looking between all of you patiently <laughs> while you carry on this conversation. I was going to say, Citra got quiet for a minute there. I think she probably joined her. <laughs> the one you wish to speak to is no longer here. Yeah, but was it Chisisek? She simply stares at you. <sighs> I mean, this would be easy to verify. We just have to find the tomb, and if it's empty, But it we'll could know. be someone that you don't know that you need to talk to, and it's some sort of riddle. She's a sphinx, right? Oh, it's it's certainly a riddle. It's definitely a riddle. That's why she's playing the pronoun game. But she's saying he, so I don't know if it's Sarathed or if she is referring to the creature that's possibly possessing there. That Sarathed's definitely a she, but the Skyfarer would be a he. So if the Skyfarer was possessing Sarathed, perhaps she would still refer to them as a he. Or she's referring to Chisisek. What about oh, your we friend? Could... That's who she's talking about, Sarathed. About Sarathed. No, is, no, your uh, friend woman. that died. Well. I don't think she was expecting him to necessarily be here. Although, if I can ever master this ritual, we could perhaps talk to him and we could talk to Merit Hetev. We could talk to just a whole slew of undead people, but I'm going to be real sleepy, so let's keep that in mind. So you just kind of blinks at you. The beach well, child is still here. Are the cultists without dead? No, no. Uh, yes, we killed everyone. Everybody's dead. Everyone that came out to try to stab us is dead. If there's anybody, mm-hmm. we haven't checked the whole building yet. But I assume most of them are dead. The men are dead? Yes. The lion women are dead? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. The snake woman is dead? She, she left. She's gone. Oh, she probably has the baby. I'm starting to think so, yes. She took with her much of value. Did they say where she was going? I can't remember. Or just that she left. Hassan just said she left, right? Hassan just said she left. <sighs> Do you know where she went? I watched for a time. I stalked these hills. This is my home. I listened and I waited. They have gone to the shadow of my blinded image. Okay, where's that big sphinx in this desert? That's blinded, so no eyes. I guess I would roll that because I know geography or whatever, but... I'll actually allow all of you to make an intelligence roll. Ooh, it's intelligence. Yeah. Can Narmer make this roll too? Sure. I roll a 15 for a 21. I roll a 13 for a 13. Masika rolls a 2 for a 3, but Narmer rolls an 18 for an 18. Citra rolls a 6 for an 8. We are not an intelligence-heavy party. Um, she rolled Hollis. a 21. <laughs> I rolled a 21 because I rolled a 15. A, yeah, everybody everybody, party, everybody sure. but Hollis is like, eh, 12 intelligence, 10 I intelligence. I to the party. I, I don't bring a lot of hit points. intelligence, thank you. Push come oh. to shove. Sugar could have rolled, too. It's true, but... She has a 15 now. The chicken is now smarter than Citra. The chicken Hollis, is way smarter than Sudi. This is not the first or even second time that you've heard of a sightless sphinx. In fact, you heard of it in relation to the elders of the Bakken tribe when they were discussing their pursuit of their missing sister. You also, assuming that... I'm going to assume that over the, the weeks now that you've been with the party and been going over all the things that you know pertaining towards the cult that the party has shared basically every bit of information that they have then you would also know of the prophecies that the party inherited or at the very least the rambled prophecies that the party inherited from the undead head of Debta Kufri's mother yeah grandmother oh my god which included a reference to a sightless sphinx we're going way back y'all well We've heard about this sightless sphinx going on three times now, maybe four. 
We know that uh, Masika's mentor is possibly wherever that is. Uh, we know that the grandmother of your former party member, the one whose head you fought, which sounds disturbing, honestly. Uh, we it know was. that she and her ramblings talked about that. And now we're hearing it here. So wherever that location is, I imagine we'll find possibly Masika's uh, uh, mentor, but also possibly a good portion of this cult, if not all of it. So the question is, where is it? That's the real question. In the desert. Helpful. That doesn't really narrow it down, but thanks. <laughs> Don't interrupt. <laughs> I didn't interrupt. She stopped talking. You're rude. Oh, I thought she was going to say something besides just in the desert, because that, that's not even a riddle at that point. Have you seen it? Uh, have we seen it? Seen what exactly? What you are searching for. No. We seem to be searching for a great many things. Like a person that we didn't know that we were supposed to speak to here, and a sightless sphinx, and a bee baby, and a snake lady. And a best friend. If you have not seen it, then it must not be where you are looking. The, the, the desert's big. There's a lot of deserts also. This isn't the only one. This is the only one that matters. Okay, I got a little piece of information, so that's something. Okay, in that case, it's not where we've been, it's where we haven't been. Well, well, obviously. Are there any places in this desert that we haven't been that are, like, notable in any way? I mean, I feel like we had other points of interest. Anyone that wishes to make a knowledge geography may do so. That's what I wanted to do. I'm going to have Sugar help me. <laughs> Sugar does help me barely. I roll a three. Let's see. Uh, that's a 19, 20, 21. Knowledge geography with my three. Generally speaking, if she's referring to desert as in this section of the desert, the parched dunes, the parched dunes are widely divided into two major sections, the southern and northern parched dunes. You have in essence been exploring the southern parched dunes thus far, which is everything south and west of the Pillars of the Sun. Oh, well, we probably got to go to the northern part of this desert then, because we've been in the south. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that would make sense. Well, the cultists have been just about everywhere. They sure do get around, huh? Yeah, they're really annoying. They're also seemingly have great numbers under them. Desperate people make great uh, cultists because, I mean, somebody offers you something you couldn't have otherwise. What's the what's there to lose? Your life, if they come up against us. Eh. But they don't know that, most of them. No, they don't. There are still answers here. Yeah, we haven't gone up to that, uh... Well, we still need to search the place. Yeah. Well, yes. Are you going to be all right, Tedisura? If we start searching around? I will need time to recuperate. Mm. Oh, I can cast some spells. Save them. You will need them. Are oh, there more goody. dangers ahead in, in this specific place? That is beyond my sight. Did on her it find you? I have spoken the to the falcon. Hmm. He is a falcon, not a hawk. Oh, well. <laughs> They're all raptors to me. Anyway. It's close enough. Like, I'm not here to be a biologist. <laughs> he let me know that I would not be expecting the reinforcements that I had anticipated. I did what I could on my own. What did you expect from Onuris? She looks off at the wide arching door through the door beyond that that leads back out into the open courtyard where you just a few minutes ago were fighting against the cold. If he had lived, I would have anticipated him finding me faster. 
for he had information that you did not. What information? He knew me and knew where he was not permitted. Uh. Ah. Walk with me. Sudi immediately goes to start walking with her. She climbs up to all four feet, obviously tendering one leg as she makes her way forward, keeping her front right paw lifted up to her chest. The Sphinx leads the way, stops, softly prays for any of those of you uh, fluent in Celestial. Nope. Surprisingly, no. Nope. Nope. Boo. Softly prays. Uh, Very distantly, you hear another falcon screech. As she lowers her paw back down, you can see that some of her injuries have lessened. She leads the way out into the open desert, or at the very least out of the mortuary temple and into this, this valley. I was brought here as a child. My mother was the guardian to this place. That was when I met him, just a sec. He was kind. He would riddle with me for hours. He was clever. This world has not seen his like again. I stayed on to guard when he passed. She begins to lead the way down the valley. Um, how did he pass? He was brilliant. He did not take care of himself, though. When he was in the throes of his creativity, he would not eat for days. He would forget to drink or sleep. The priest said that his heart gave out. That's sad. The brightest candles burned the fastest. What did you know of Hakatep? The Sky Pharaoh. Mm-hmm. Sudi was able to see that Hakatep came to see Chisisek, asked him to build something, and we assume the pyramid. He hired him and gave him a small army of workers to build some defense. Thousands and thousands. Their bones bleached the desert. Do you know what Chisisek was building? Chisisek had his workers construct this temple in this pyramid, and I stayed on to guard it, to watch the desert that is my home. His designs were beyond my sight. But they only built this place. He didn't build anywhere else in the desert? Pyramids. Those were Chisisek's dream. The Sky Pharaoh was generous in affording him to live out that dream. I'd never spoke to the Sky Pharaoh. He spoke with one whom I know, whose name I cannot mention, and would not do so, lest he wake from his sleep and devour you. Well, that's not a great sign. Okay. The Sky Pharaoh was ambitious, but had a single blaring weakness. He loved through here, she says as oh, she um, leads you to the end of the valley. Wait, love does in specific person or just in general? The Sky Pharaoh loved three times in his life. Once fate intervened. Once betrayal did. And once that love continued beyond life and into death. He loved so much that he could spare none for the rest. She leads you to a cave set back into the cliff. Entering in you find the twisting ravine here leads to a cave entrance. The walls of the valley form a single vast piece of art. The surrounding walls covered in hieroglyphs and figures of sphinxes and men. For those of you familiar with Osirian hieroglyphs, which I believe is the entire party, you can tell that this relates the story of a great and powerful sphinx, the pharaohs that would come to entreat with her, 
later you can see that there's a smaller sphinx, both you think in stature and position, that travels with her. That's her mommy. And they're carved onto the wall face. You can see this depiction that you can only assume, judging by the double owl hieroglyph, is Chisisek entreating, speaking, debating. One panel implicating riddling for two months straight with the two sphinxes. Wow, it's impressive. That, yeah. Tedesura looks over, sees all of you looking at the hieroglyphs, watches them herself. He was gone too soon. I will stay here. You will enter the pyramid. There was an entrance before. It is buried and locked. The cultists had neither time nor patience. They made a new one. Mm. I do not know what you will find within. I will only tell you this. I swore to guard Chisisek. I felt Chisisek was not a material man, but those around him honored him as such. Chisisek only saw utility and items. Any of those of you wish may make a sense motive. All right. Uh, 17 for a 27. 19 for a 26. 10 for a 17. 19 for a 33. Very well. Except for Masika, who just seems to be sad about the whole, just a sex seemed like a great guy, and then she seems to really miss him even 6,000 years later. Which she is old, y'all. Yep. The rest of you, it's obscured with the way that she talks. But do get the implication that one, she only cared about Chisisek's mortal remains and nothing inside the pyramid, and two, Chisisek would have cared about nothing inside the utility, the pyramid, with the exception of its utility. As such, if she is asking you to find Chisisek's remains, she is also offering for you to take anything inside, as Chisisek would want to use you to use anything inside to help retrieve him. Mm-hmm. I get it. Makes sense. She settles in, folds her paws in front of her. Um, Tedesura. Her head turns towards you and her unblinking gaze follows. Masika holds out Narmer. This is Narmer. Oh. I I fell into one of Chesasek's workshops when I was little and a construct there helped me use Chesasek's plans to, to build Narmer. She kind of nudges Narmer towards Tedesura, like, go make her feel better. <laughs> <laughs> he waddles forward. Uh, oh. <laughs> so, yeah, I rescued her, and uh, I think maybe I was supposed to be filtering salt, but I don't. <laughs> uh, watch black and white and red all over. <laughs> What's your deal? <laughs> it's a papyrus. It's a, it's a papyrus. This one was stabbed over. What? No. What? Oh, I try to see the answer was. I don't know. A sunburned zebra. A sunburned zebra, yeah. <laughs> Masika's the like, Sphinx oh. looks down at him. This is his work. Parts of it. This is not his style. No, I, I kind of helped finish the design. You kind of built him in your own image. I think he would be impressed. Masika beams. <laughs> you have a good heart, little catfish. Yep. He then pops open his chest plate and shines <laughs> light. <laughs> uh, he's not very smart. Just a sec was a master of the elements. That is all. Well, thank you for, for your help. Come and see me before you leave. All right. I would know what they did within. All right, we can do that. Figure Citra nods and she gives her kind of a bow to say thank you. Like kind of that unspoken thing of 
Thanks for letting us take the stuff inside. <laughs> Hollis sips her hat. Sudi bows respectfully before her. I can't believe they blew a hole inside of this dang pyramid. What the kind of archaeology are they up to? Masika, Masika would wave at Teddy Sura and then pat her shoulder for Narmer to jump back up. He helps back up. Anyone that wishes to may make me a perception roll. I roll a nine for a nine. Is this sight-based? Yes. I roll a six for a 22. Hollis's weakness is seeing things. <laughs> My weakness is sight. I uh, rolled a 12 for 26. Masika rolls a 10 for a 17. And Armor rolls a 14 for a 20. Okay. So, Citra, you're the only one to notice this. The party turns. You make your way back towards the, the narrow entrance into this area. You look back over your shoulder to see the, the Sphinx laying on her stomach, paws folded in front of her, wings tucked into her side. For a long time, she stares intently at the hieroglyphic depictions, the tall depiction of Chisisek. And as you reach the end of the ravine and begin to step through for a moment, you see the glint of a solitary tear. Aww. Aww. I think she loved him. And then you step back out into the blazing light of the sun. All right. Well, this is very depressing. Let's go see what there is to see. <laughs> I hope they didn't cause too much damage to the structure either. Oh, I'm sure they Hall don't points. care. <laughs> Do you see the hole? I'm hoping that's just an exterior hole that they punched into it and they didn't actually damage the underlying structure that could cave in on us. Oh, that is makes sense. Well, is we'll the find hole, out. Where is the hole? Is it high up in the pyramid? Is it on ground level? Uh, you haven't been able to see it yet. However, if... Judging from the direction that the cultists emerged onto the upper platform with Kaubeck, it must be at the base of the pyramid on its southeastern corner. Right. But from down here, you can't see it. You need to get up to that platform, which either involves a 160-foot vertical climb or navigating the bridges or flying or any other All sort right. of magic that you possess. Masika kind of rubs her hands together. Okay, so I've been practicing. Let's see if this works. She's going to fly. Okay. <laughs> Where was that an hour ago? <laughs> Where was that when we were fighting a flying guy? I, I don't know. I just sort of got struck by, I guess, inspiration. <laughs> Maybe don't say that too loud. <laughs> come cuddle. Come, come. I will teleport us up there because I can literally see it. Okay. Narmer, Narmer, how do I do this? Is Hassan coming? Wings. I thought Hassan was leaving. <laughs> Uh, Hassan is still standing there as is on Hawk. Oh. <laughs> well, I figured on Hawk would come. And if Masika's flying, then I can take everybody, I think. If you like, I would be happy to come with you and lend what aid I can. Hassan looks up the distance. I could climb that, but I imagine that the entrance they made is not large enough for me. Well, I'm Probably glad you're not. safe, and I'm glad we didn't have to stab you, and I'm glad you stabbed cultists. We appreciate your aid. Of course. It seems that you have a great deal ahead of you. Mm-hmm. Sounds that way. Well, and you have people to protect. And there is a little more I can do to help you here. But I will find my people. I believe they're heading to the Merchant's Oasis. I think we'll probably be headed there after this. We'll need to resupply before we go north. Mm, true. And I must find my friends. Mm. We did, um, not the full burial, but we did bury... Both of them. Uh, we did bury Ervos so that the elements wouldn't get to him as much. He kneels down next to you, nods. Thank you. He offers a finger for you to shake. 
<laughs> she shakes. <laughs> Masika like holds out her arms for like a hug. Yeah. You she's you know, that, that one handed hug. She's like, <laughs> you try your best to wrap your arms around his neck. Be safe. We'll see you at the Oasis. Usen then stands to his feet, turns and takes off at a light jog, each stride covering 12 feet in length and easily covering the distance from here to the exit in a matter of seconds. Wild. All right. Come close, except for you flying, folks. Masika will fly up. I will teleport us up to the top. Bizarre. I probably still have to roll, but I can see it. Yeah, I would say that you're you're close. Well, you saw it when you came in. So if you walk to the far end of the valley, you can actually get like a line of sight because otherwise you're just looking straight up the cliff face. So you just kind of back mm. up and back up until you have a better line of sight with the platform that they were on. Nice. And then uh, chant and tone, grab onto your, your party and cast teleport. I will need you to roll percentile. 29. Oh, God. Low is good. Yeah, oh, okay. it, it's high that's bad in teleport. High, high is bad. <laughs> if you rolled 100, we would be in serious trouble. Okay, God knows fine. where. So I suppose you gather everyone together. I think you can carry yourself plus. So I think Masika's flying up on your own because I think you can only bring three other people with you, correct? Three. Yeah, so you can bring yourself, Sudi, Citra, and Unhawked, and then Masika's going to fly up on her own. So you step back, chant, and tone, grab your party. There's that disconcerting lurch for all of you as the world shifts suddenly and then rematerializes. Masika, you're more or less level with the platform as they teleport, and there's just this burst of sand as they displace all of the air around them as they arrive. Masika coughs. Clearing off the top of the platform. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. I didn't realize you were going to be right there. <laughs> I think I like flying better. It was peaceful. Well, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. I didn't have a fly spell prepared. I could have thrown you 30 feet, but I wouldn't have gotten up here. You would have hit the side of the mountain and it would have been bad. I mean, I could climb. Rude. <laughs> climb that far up? So, so he like grabs his stomach a little queasy, just like, ugh. Masika lands. So he looks no. back over his shoulder to like the 160 foot drop back behind him. Narmer, no. Narmer, I did it. Yep. It's easy. So, right. anyway. so I think uh, I think we need to head inside. I'm going to check mm-hmm. for traps real quick, and then we can head in. I, I guess I'll detect some magic. I wonder what they'll find in there. As you stand on this platform, you find that you stand on a uh, you stand on a workstone platform. Although around you, it gives way to natural rock of this plateau. Almost the entirety of it is taken up by this pyramid. It's about ninety foot to this to each side at its base and then ascends upwards to a height of 60 feet once it reaches its pinnacle. All of it is still covered with the limestone, giving it the smooth sides, making it seemingly, while not impossible to climb, Sudi can look up and see a couple places where he thinks he could get a handhold in. It would be difficult. The capstone to this is still plated in its gold and shines with the light of the sun, which reflects down on all of you. On the side of this is an obvious gaping hole, angled downwards at a steep degree, leading, you believe, beneath the pyramid, as many of the burial chambers would be directly beneath Mm -hmm. the pyramid and not built into it. No light emanates from this hole that's approximately five feet at a side and five feet high. Does it look like a a magically made hole with like a disintegrate or something? 
No, it looks like someone probably blasts this, uh, judging by the scorch mark, seemingly with fire or lightning. Uh, I wonder who could have done that. Yeah. An inelegant solution. Masika will cast light and then boop Sudi special stone. Ha! Nice. I got a miner's cap now. (laughs) (laughs) Citra will activate her wayfinder at her belt. Very well. You speak K-Hound, it floods to light. Mm -hmm. You all look back to the... uh, As a side note, many of those bridges actually narrow down to a foot wide. Oh my god. Wow. Over a 120 foot drop. (laughs) Okay, so teleporting was definitely the better option. I also had stone shape, but I figured I wanted to close this hole... Uh, when we left, if possible, and I would probably use stone shape for that. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. It's a good idea. Citra. I suppose you approach well, yeah. the hole. Yeah, Citra takes the lead, make sure there's not any like pressure plates or anything like that. We look at the hole. Well, again, you don't see any sign that the cult, the cultists trapped this hole, and since this was not an intentional entrance, it doesn't look like the ancient architects did either. The hole makes its way forward, you think, for a distance of maybe some dozen feet or so. Uh, it steeply descends, but not so steep as to require that you make a climb check or anything like that. And leads down into what looks to be a chamber, although the f- as your light floods down there, you can only see the very entrance of this room. Who's taking point? I am. Okay. Citra leads her way down. Ah, this reminds me of the good old days. Classic archaeology. Who's following in behind Citra? I know City brings up the rear, so... I guess I will. Yeah, and I'll follow after Hollis. Well, that also gives us a light source at front and back, so we should be pretty well illuminated. So... Onhot's probably in front of Sudi. Yeah. Yeah. Citra, you make your way down. I imagine tentatively and uncomfortably. Yeah. You've been in tombs, but this is the first pyramid that you've entered into since that fateful day in your childhood. Hollis puts a hand on your shoulder. We're all here with you this time. We're fine. (sighs) That is comforting, I will admit. And they've probably already dealt with anything that's going to be attacking us. So Plus, I read about remove curse this morning, so I'm ready. Well, that was smart. I also know how to remove curses now. Granted, I, I didn't know when I was a kid. <laughs> you descend down. Even Citra, who's relatively short, needing to duck. Only Masika oh, doesn't as you make your way into this tunnel. Masika's <laughs> under five feet, isn't she? Masika's four foot eleven. Yeah. I'm five <laughs> six. Yeah. So. Well, six yeah. two, that's right. You're, you're, tall, you're taller than Sudi is, so yeah, yeah. Sudi's crouched a little bit. The ceiling in this tunnel is no higher than five feet. Oh, oh lord! Fun times. You're gonna be like bent over. Hollis half is like crawling, hunched <laughs> way over. Masika <laughs> probably just self. ducks her head down a little bit so her hair's not brushing the top of the tunnel, but otherwise she's good. <laughs> well, my lord, they could have made this taller. Hollis's <laughs> thighs are burning. <laughs> Small anecdote. The only time in my life that I felt truly claustrophobic uh, was at St. Andrews when Rachel and I went to the castle there and there's a sapper's tunnel that was still left over from when there was an attempted, I think it was an attempted attack on the castle. Yeah. And you can climb down inside of it. And at one point you have to go feet first through this barely like two foot wide shaft with this Mm -hmm. ladder down it to go down to the end of the tunnel. And that was the only time that I started going down. And for a lot of it, you're crouched down to the point that like the tunnels are no higher than three feet. Uh-huh. And yep. so you're crouch walking as you go through it. And uh, that that is what I can only imagine the sensation of descending down into this is like for all of you. <laughs> it's yeah. disconcerting. But if you ever get a chance to go to St. Andrews, definitely do it. It was awesome. And we had some of the best Indian food I've ever had in my life. Yeah. There's no Indian food restaurant here. You make your way 
into the tunnel. The heat of the day gives way to the cool shade as you make your way down. And Citra, you step out into a chamber that is really only remarkable in how plain it is. There are no hieroglyphs on the walls. There are no markings in this room. You don't know what its purpose was. You do know what the purpose has become. The chamber itself is some 20 feet at a side. A door exits this chamber on the opposite side. A wide doorway, no actual door on it, leading into a hallway. Off towards the right-hand side, you can see sacks and crates and stacks and chests of seemingly various styles and makes, many of them battered and damaged as if it's, again, like a merchant's cart that's just been broken down and collected up here. Everything that you would find from merchants traveling across the desert using the same crates and chests over the course of years and decades. They must have been using this place as a base for some time. You can see sleeping mats here, seven of them in total. One you can assume is Kabex, but he doesn't seem to have placed himself anywhere above his men. He only does that on the battlefield. Literally. Uh, yes. Well, Hollis is going to detect magic. Figure Citra is going to be looking at the crates and chests and whatnot, see if anything's in there still. Uh, detecting magic. Hollis, you can detect magic from one of the crates. Citra breaking o- open the f- closest one. Yeah, it's, it's full of a variety of odd objects. Looks to be... Dates, smoked meat, water skins, copper pots, a silver kettle, two bottles of, as you kind of pop them open and sniff them to see whether or not they're magic or anything like that, Hollis shakes her head, uh, appear to be rather wonderful smelling, luxuriant perfume. Um, A silver and gold inlaid teacup with, uh, sorry, a silver and gold teacup inlaid with obsidians. Whoa. Whoa. Masika's going to grab a handful of the dates and kind of munch on those while she looks around the room. Yeah, I'm going to stretch one of my strangely long arms over and take some dates as well. <laughs> I mean, you don't know where those are from. Are they even still in date? Ah! Somebody got it. <laughs> I don't know. They're probably uh, eating on them. They that just was died. totally unintentional. I did not actually mean to wow. joke. Well, Sudi, if I kill over, you'll know if they're not in date anymore. Whatever that means. Must be a cat folk thing. None of this stuff appears to be... Like, none of this appears to have been taken from this tomb. It's this supplies. was most likely taken from... Well, you know at the very least that your uh, very trustworthy merchantile friend had lost yeah. one of his carts as well. Yeah. So. He well, might have actually been telling the truth. We needed supplies, so here's some supplies. That's good. Let's load up some of this food for our treks and whatnot. Hollis, checking the, the crate that you could detect the magic from, you find that this is filled with a number of different blankets as well as luxuriant pillows. Ooh. Digging around to the bottom, though, you can see that there are three pairs of boots, uh, one of Ooh. which is magical. Mm. Let's see. I roll a 15 for a 34. A 34? As you look over these boots, their style being substantially different from the style that most you most commonly encounter in Osirian or even Catapesh or Thuvia. All of these boots look to be some sort of northern, maybe Avistani make as they're completely encased leather for, you know, keeping your feet warm during the winter and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, However, these last ones are thin, elegant shoes with a slight heel, only maybe about an inch and a half or so, just to allow the person to look even taller, which seems to be unnecessary for someone wearing boots of elven kind, which you assume would be an elf. (laughs) Oh, nice. They're the so these are boots. boots of elven kind? Is that what this is? They are boots yes, of elven kind. 
I forget what the boots do. Soft boots are primarily made out of uh, living tree leaves Ooh. and other natural materials. They enable the wearer to move more nimbly about in virtually any surroundings, granting a plus five confidence bonus on acrobatics checks. I don't really need that. Sounds like something maybe Citra could. Yeah, I'd like those if nobody wants them. I mean, it sounds good to me. Somebody else can take the Daredevil boots if they'd like them. Does anyone else want to take Citra's shoes as she pries them off her feet? No, I'm I mean, we're, I, I no. don't flippy flop. I'm good. What does that bring you up to like a 20 something? <laughs> 24. 24. All right. Nice. Uh, beyond that, there's also three crate or three chests in here if you wish to open them. Yes, of course. Sure. Anyone that wishes to, by the way. Actually, I'll go ahead and go ahead and have uh, Citra make me a perception check. And you know what? Go ahead and, uh, go ahead and add that trap spotter bonus of yours. <laughs> well, what could be ahead of us here? Okay, calculate everyone on the who watched us at Gen Con got to see my bad math in real time. <laughs> I usually edit it down. Be a 33. Got a they, 14 plus 14 plus 5. With a 33, all three of these chests were trapped. The traps on all of these have been disabled. Uh, also, the traps seem to have been tied to something else. As in, they would, these chests were trapped so that if you open them, they would probably trigger like a hell of arrows or something like that but they've then subsequently been disabled and also removed from where they were trapped. Hmm. Open so the chest. wasn't a trap. You find the following. Uh, all of this in modern coinage. 943 platinum pieces. Nice. Whoa. Nice. Whoa. 2,806 gold pieces. 4,012 silver pieces. And 6,308 copper pieces. Holy cow. That is a small fortune. I mean, heck, that was well over 10,000 gold right there. That's what you've got. Dang. I mean, I guess we search the rest of the crates just to see if there's anything else. No, more that's spare basically change it. Ah, no, okay. Just some more water skins. Again, some cooking utensils. A bunch of material that, again, feasibly you could take all of it, and it might be worth getting a couple silver pieces or maybe a few gold pieces, but not worth the weight of transporting yeah. cooking ware. And <laughs> we just got a bunch of platinum pieces. We do yet to just throw all that in. Yeah. There's a single exit from this chamber. We make our way forward. Yep. Go, Citra. <laughs> She's going. <laughs> Citra, striding ahead, you exit from this room. You enter into what appears to be a hallway, a corridor. The ceiling in here is 10 feet high. The corridor from one side to the other is about 10 feet across. In fact, you actually think it's probably exactly 10 feet high and 10 feet across. The corridor continues down off towards your right-hand side for a distance of maybe some 10 feet before reaching a wall, and then off towards your left-hand side for a distance of some 40 feet or so. You can see that there's an open archway on the left-hand side if you're making your way left. So in essence, if you step out, turn left, then on the same wall that you came out of, there's a, another opening, and then down at the end of the hall on the right-hand side, you can see that there's another one there. So two further passages to make their way. The walls here are covered in hieroglyphs. All of these don't appear to be stories of Chisisek so much as they are simply the prayers to the dead written upon the pyramid walls, entreating the gods to judge him fairly, including the assorted spells that would be used to aid in his trials once he reaches the afterlife. Do they act like a scroll? No. It's oh, it's spells in the, the traditional Osirian way of these are phrases that you would use that uh, if you say these exact words, then by legalese, Anubis has to let you pass this part okay. kind of thing. <laughs> okay. I feel like Legal Anubis wouldn't let, that make wouldn't let those things be common knowledge. Yeah. 
but you know. Well, again, that's why the, the oftentimes you get the priest of Anubis to write these on your walls. And again, you had them write them on your pyramid walls so that after death, you could then, you know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to cram real quick before I go face Anubis while my spirit's still inside of my pyramid. It's like a cheat sheet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. It was, is, that's all that's in here is just the prayers on the wall. Yeah. Nothing, and then the two else? exits. I scan it with magic or with detect magic and uh, shrug. No, there's nothing magical in here. Again, there's no light other than the light you're bringing in. There's signs that people have come through here. Rude. Most notably, anyone that wishes to make a survival check, may. <laughs> I've got a little bit of survival. Why not? I roll an 18 for a 23. Okay. I roll an 18 for a 38. Okay. I rolled a 12 for a 27. Very well. All of you can tell that a small number of people have come through here. Most notably, though, some of this is obscured by a long swath of disturbed dust like the, a long uh, serpentine form oh, oh snake this, lady the snake lady went through here it looks that way yes any signs of tiny baby bee footprints i don't know what those would look like <laughs> i don't even know if it has feet to be honest it has feet <laughs> perhaps it's bees and people have feet well no bees don't have feet until after they're not a larva anymore remember Oh, that's right. It's a larva, which is more disturbing than a tiny well, bee lady. We don't actually know. <laughs> no, that's what I'm they saying. I don't larva. know if it has feet or not. They called it the bee larva. They did. Or, or the royal larva. Which is um, why I'm really afraid it's like upper half looks like a lady and its bottom half is a larva. And that's terrifying. But we still <laughs> have to around, save it. The other way around is worse. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think I might actually agree with you on that. You better. Yeah. It's creepy. I don't know what that accent is. <laughs> <laughs> you better. <laughs> All right. It's, it's so the King George accent is what that is. <laughs> which way did, which way seems to have more traffic out of the two doors that are here? So you make your way. Well, you'll reach the first door on your left and then the oh, second okay. door is about 10 then feet we'll further just, down past okay, that Okay, so we'll do the first door. Okay. We'll take a peek. So you turn, begin to make your way down. Mm-hmm. Part of me just really wants to find this bee baby so we figure out what the <laughs> looks like. <laughs> I think we're all in that boat. Like, I'm curious. <laughs> Citra? Uh-huh? Why don't you go ahead and make me another perception yeah. check? Go ahead, oh, go ahead and add uh... that plus five to that one, too. <laughs> Just, you know, no reason. Uh, maybe no it's reason. the bee baby's room and they trapped it. Oh. God, can you imagine being raised by Kobik? I can. It's not pretty. <laughs> I don't suppose this stacks with my, like, lens of detection. Uh, you didn't declare that you're using your lens of pr- No, but detection. I will from now on. I did, now I'm just curious, will that stack? I mean, it will, but keep in mind that you have to slow down to... Like, this is using your trap spotter because you pass within oh, 10 okay. feet. Well, I mean, I I rolled a 10 and got a 29. Okay. A 29, you say? Yeah. The DC for this is exactly 29, which <laughs> means you nice. successfully stop yourself <laughs> as you notice a pressure plate. That covers the floor here. Nobody move. I've really got to pick up Overland Flat. All right. I'm going to try and disable this. Give me a minute. Citra, as you kind of crouch down and you look over this, you can tell that people have stepped on this, but you also think someone has messed with this before you. I'm not the first person to mess with this. Well, I mean, it would make sense. The cultists, we've seen evidence that the cultists have gone through here a lot and... I mean, as much as I hate them, they're not stupid. They must have somebody that's able to find and disable these traps like you. You would hope. Well, I mean, I kind of hope not because it'd be funnier. Not funny, but 
it, it would be a comeuppance <laughs> for them to justice. get hit by a trap. Well, so is it disabled? You can tell that this trap is active. It looks like someone did not disable it. It looks like someone skilled enough actually bypassed it mm. and then reactivated it afterwards. It seems like somebody was able to bypass the trap and then reset it. Well, that takes skill. So I guess you should disable it so we can check the room. All right, I'm going to try. All right, disarming it. Not my best roll. I believe in you, Citra. But I still managed a 30. DC 29. You hey. crouch down. That's with rolling a nine, guys. <laughs> disable it. It's at this point you, you kind of piece together a couple of different things that you see about this room or this corridor. You look back over your shoulder. The entirety of this hallway is at a slight incline. And you actually think that this triggers not a trap immediately around you, but actually drops out the wall behind you. Ooh, that would have been bad. You think this might be a boulder trap. Oh, Indiana Jones style. Considering the exact 10 foot by 10 foot dimensions of this corridor. Dun, da, dun, da. That would dun, probably da, da. have been rather unpleasant. And I think it's like a 10d6 unpleasant. Ow. Uh, <laughs> crunch. Ow. Whoa, dang. Well, glad that we didn't get bouldered in the face. Right? Do you think it's safe to keep going? Uh, I think it was meant to release a boulder. And then close the door behind us so we go squish. Oh, there was a chronicle about this. I think the agent's name was Indiana something. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) God, Indiana Jones would be a pathfinder. Oh, God. 100%. 100%. It belongs in the museum. Yeah, I was going to say, he's (laughs) not a great archaeologist. It belongs in the Macros Museum. (laughs) I thought that there was a place they put all their artifacts, those pathfinders. The Dark Archive. But I guess we'll search the room that this trap was in front of. Sweeping it with that magic. This archway leads into another unadorned chamber containing a variety of grave goods buried with the deceased for use in the afterlife. Furniture, tools, urns, dozens of scrolls, detailed architectural plans, and for both tombs as well as other structures. It would probably take you the better part of maybe 10 minutes to search this chamber. You don't immediately detect any magic. Masika's going to start looking at those plans. Is there anything like really cool. Okay, so Masika's gonna search. Looking at the plans, anybody else? I'll search plans with Masika. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll search too, because I've got knowledge engineering. Okay, Citra? Citra's, now, does this room have another exit, or is it just... No, it's just a dead end. Okay. And there's there's nothing else in here? Well, we don't know yet. I will search the room. You could look for secret doors. Yeah, I could do that. I'll uh, I'll guard the entrance. What Hawk says is he just kind of stands in the doorway. Excellent. So go ahead and give me the knowledge engineering checks from, I believe, the three of you looking at the scrolls, and then Citra, go ahead and give me a perception roll. I'm going to have Sugar look as well, because of course she rolls an 18 to aid me. Does a great job. I roll a nat 1 for an 11, 12, 13 for a 13. Alright, engineering check, I roll a 15 for a 25. Masika rolls a 6 for a 28, and then Narmer aids her, so 30. I should have just let uh, Sugar roll by herself. <laughs> Sadly, Citra is, I think she's still dealing with stuff or she's just excited that she just disabled that last trap. Uh, she only rolled a five for a 19. Okay. Did you use so, your class? No, I didn't declare it. So first off, looking at these, these various scrolls, none of these appear to be a pyramids. 
There are various simple tomb structures. As extraordinarily exacting as these are, as far as having exact angles and distances and dimensions for each of these tombs. As weird as this sounds, this almost feels like Chisisek was doodling. But even his doodling has to have straight edges and exact measurements and so on. None of this seems like something he was truly committing himself to. <laughs> Some of these are so out there that they're technically possible with ancient Osirian architectural design, but were probably too revolutionary or extreme for anyone to actually consider constructing them. Like multi-tiered, complex inlaid buildings and such. The only thing that you probably find that's that's interesting is I'll give us this Hollis even though she didn't roll as well as the rest that some of these you think are actual structures in Sothis oh some of these are places in Sothis these may have some historical value but you can't really put a price point on these because you would have to take them to someone to actually look at and see whether or not there's any value to them also most of these are written on the back of like other scrolls <laughs> he had to, you know, reuse paper. Yeah. So, like, if you flip this over, it's like grocery lists and things like that. Reduce, reuse. Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Yep. Just, just a sec. Really loved dates. He was truly ahead of his time recycling before recycling was a thing. Citra, you find three things of interest. Ooh, what? Uh, first off, you find a set of masterwork stonemasonry tools. Oh, wow. Ooh. You guess they're probably, they looked, they don't look like they've ever been used. So you think that they were purchased literally to be buried with him because he was an architect. Yeah, sure. Uh, the second thing that you find, and this is buried way back in the back under so much crap that it could not actually be detected with detect magic. Wow. <laughs> because oh. there was just too much intervening junk is a, uh, I say junk. I'm, I'm sure we've all seen pictures of uh, like Ramsey's tomb. Yeah, or King Tut's tomb where... It's just like, and here's a room stocked to the, it basically looks like his storage closet or something. He <laughs> rented a pod and just stored everything. You find three flasks that appear to be magical. Uh, I believe you can detect magic with your nifty robe. I can, can. indeed. Uh, so you can make a spellcraft check or you can toss them over towards Hollis. She's I currently believe he is looking at stuff, but I only rolled a 13. My pupil, nope, no. no. <laughs> They're worthless. Uh, they are magical, though. I'll glance at them when I have a chance. Uh, in addition to this, you find in a uh, metal chest in the back of the room what appears to be a couple of old battered suits of armor. Again, why Chisisek was buried with these, you don't know. As well as what appears to be some sort of chitinous armor, as if made from some sort of insect oh. hide. Is it red? Weird. Yeah, is it red? It's kind of more of a orange. I was gonna say he had a red mantis assassin buried thinking. with him. <laughs> uh, I take if I take ten on a spellcraft, I get a twenty-nine to look at those bottles. Uh, all three of those flasks are ungents of timelessness. Cool. So what's up with the bug armor? Yeah, let's all look at the bug armor. The bug armor. I've got other people doing this it. This is a party of uh, people who just don't wear armor very what very much. Masika no, has armor. Really. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Masika and her armor. I also wear armor. Yeah, but it's not heavy armor or anything. No, I'm well, a yeah, we don't have like a fighter or paladin or something. Uh, looking at the armor, I assume taking 10 also on that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. If it's magical, sure. It does appear to be magical. Ooh. 29. There are actually two magic auras on it. Ooh. 29 taking 10. <laughs> One is a faint transmutation. The other is a moderate conjuration. Does it turn you into a bug? Ew. That'd be cool. 
the faint transmutation that covers it is actually also an engine of timelessness. Oh. Ah, okay. So preserve the armor. The engine of timelessness never wears off. Um, and one flask is enough to coat uh, eight medium or smaller objects. And uh, cool. each year of actual time affects the substance as if only a day had passed. Really I'm going to keep one on of these to put on my spell book. <laughs> you should really put this on your spell book, actually. It'll coat eight medium or smaller objects, so you guys could put it on a lot of things. Yeah. The curse True. is a... Uh, you haven't heard of this before, so you don't know if this is actually a unique piece of armor. Ooh. And by that, I mean it comes out of the Mummy's Mask of Interpath book, and it's not anywhere else, so oh. maybe it is. Oh, special armor. The overlapping plates of this plus two lamellar curus oddly feel more like insect chitin than supple leather. This armor's lightweight construction gives it a maximum dexterity bonus of plus six instead of the plus four that uh, lamellar curus normally has. Dang. This is known as the locust curus. The wearer of this curse can take 10 on acrobatics checks to jump, even if distracted or in danger. Once per day, as an immediate action, the wearer can summon a swarm of locusts (laughs) that surround her and support her weight during a fall, calling her to drift drift slowly to the ground, similar to a feather fall. While falling, the wearer can move up to five feet in any horizontal direction for every one foot that they fall at a speed of 60 feet per round. (laughs) Wow, that's cool. The wearer takes no Uh, damage upon landing. Masika, you might want to wear this. It lets you summon a bunch of locusts to carry you around. Pretty cool. The effect ends as soon as the wearer touches the ground, uh, or after six rounds, whichever comes first. If the effect expires while the wearer is still in the air, they fall the remaining distance as normal. Oh no, that's going to cut my armor bonus in half. (laughs) Yeah, so it's a plus four AC bonus and a maximum dexterity allowance of six. Nope. It's the max dex of six that's really nice. Yeah, Masika's dex isn't that high. She's wearing plus two mithril breastplate right now. Mm. So, yeah, that's going to cut her AC bonus in half. So, no. Citra, not. Locust Curus. You want to be the bug lady? Uh, <laughs> I already have a mithril chain shirt. That's way better. <laughs> that's sad. I this don't is really sad. I, I would wear it, except I would lose all my wisdom bonuses. I and would all wear this. it, except I'd have to roll yeah. the spell cast. No, I really yeah. wanted to wear it, but yeah, I ne- kind of need to not die when I'm in the front. <laughs> uh, true, true. That's sad. How much is it worth? Put it in the bag. <laughs> uh, it's definitely going in the bag. It is worth 6565 Hey, gold. can Onhoct wear it right now? Like, does he have armor? We all look at Onhoct. Like, what? <laughs> we just want somebody to wear this bug armor. <laughs> is this better than the armor that you're wearing now? No, he doesn't have the dexterity to put it to use. Oh, okay. Oh, eh, Worth a try. Well, fine. And the sack it goes. That's yeah. sad. He's wearing a plus that one bronze really cool. breastplate. Ah. Oh, Again, bronze? he's wearing that cool breastplate. Yeah, it's the uh, like the Spartan style where it like it's conformed to his chest. It's got the nipples. So can, <laughs> yeah, it has the nipples and everything. It has bat nipples yeah, on I it. need a crud ton of bronze for Sudi's mech suit. I steal that and run away. <laughs> well, maybe we'll find it in here. Who knows? There could be actually building supplies in here. Well, I guess uh, we'll keep looking then. All right. You head down to the passage. Reach the end of it. Remind me to talk a little bit about the trap that was in this hallway, because this would have been really interesting. <laughs> There's a broken open stone door on your right hand side as you reach the end of this passage. That's frustrating. I guess we'll go inside if Citra says it's all clear. Yeah. Any trap traps? No, you think it's clear? I think it's... I don't think this one's trapped. I guess they assume that you'll be dead from the first one, and so they didn't bother with the second. Well, or they, you know, broke the trap when they broke the door. That's true, too. There is one notable thing about this door. Uh, It was inscribed with what appeared to have been a design of two owls. No. 
Oh, this might actually be the burial chamber. This boy's got to have a fake hidden one, right? Because, like, he's so smart. Narmer. Uh huh. You ready to meet your granddad? Yes. (laughs) Hollis makes a weird face like this is very strange. (laughs) Oh, oh. Can I put on the mask and talk to him? No. 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 Okay. I probably have stupid questions anyway. Oh. Sudi, let him use the mask. No. I'd be like, why no. Why do I make this ticking sound sometimes when I move my leg like this? Do you guys hear that? He starts wiggling his leg. <laughs> it's because you're yeah, made of metal. Well, yeah, but that, that doesn't seem like the other leg doesn't do it. It makes me nervous. So you probably need something tightened. I think I might have a screw loose. Uh, you have several. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look at it hey, later, Engine of timelessness. Uh, yeah, we could actually slap that on armor, too. Oh, you could make me even more immortal. <laughs> Anyway, later, later, later. Does that mean his winding would last so much longer? No, it just means that if he, if he <laughs> wound components. down, he would still be... Again, it's 6,000 years acts as 6,000 days. So... <laughs> yep. Very cool. Yeah. I suppose stepping through. Why didn't you tell me one of your legs was creaking? I guess he did tell you, technically, just now. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just showed you. Oh, my gosh. The door opens into a chamber... Every chamber that you've entered so far, the first one that you came in, the second chamber that contained all the burial goods, this chamber are all 20 feet at a side, seemingly perfectly square. The ceilings in each of these chambers stretch up to a height of 20 feet, so technically perfectly cubes. Hieroglyphs depicting the life of a master craftsman decorate the walls of this chamber. A large stone sarcophagus fills the center of this room, set upon an upraised dais. The lid a jar. Mm. This can't be the real one. Sudi's got a little flashback to the last time he was in a room similar to this and how he almost died from a coffin consuming him. <laughs> Four pillars mark the outside of the walls and a large statue of Ta stands and looks down upon the the resting form holding his staff up. Hollis detects magic. This seems too easy. Mm-hmm. Well, it Check is in a hidden valley guarded by a giant sphinx. Even so, this is a man who loved all sorts of complicated architecture. And this... Did you not hear what Tedesera told us, though? She said that he liked making architecture, but was extremely conservative himself. He may not Still. have been into dig- making himself a big grand tomb. We should check it out. I mean, at only 60 oh, feet high, this is a relatively small it. pyramid to begin with. But it's buried, some of it. That's true. You so check, no magic. Citra so will check for traps. You make your way up towards the sarcophagus? Well, slowly and surely and using every bit of detection I can. Okay. Uh, well, again, once you're within 10 feet, you don't see any traps. Okay. Uh, although, again, you can't see into it. And Hollis, again, you can't detect any magic, although it's quite possible if there's any metal inside of that or the stone's thick enough. The stone shouldn't be an issue, but if the if it's a metal... If it's a stone outer sarcophagi and then a metal inner sarcophagi, then it might be thick enough to block that. I guess Hollis will creep up behind Citra and look into the sarcophagus. Yeah, once Citra gives the all clear, Masika's going to rush up towards the sarcophagus. Sudi's going to stay back. Again, last time he got nearly killed by an animated sarcophagus. Hmm. Very well. You hang back. All the rest of you make your way forward. Wow. Unhawk stands in the doorway. I was going to say, Citra leaves the inspection of the sarcophagus to the other two. She's still, I mean, last time she got a cat scream in her face and she ran away. So she's also got just bad memories of tombs. Very well. As you make your way up and look down into the sarcophagus, 
Yeah, there's. It's empty. Did they take it? I think they took him. The stone lid has been pushed to the side. Looking inside, the top to his burial sarcophagus has been pushed off. Inside, you can see a few scraps of cloth, some dust. No they body. They took him. It looks that way, unless there's a, uh, a hidden tomb somewhere around here. Well, Tedesara seemed pretty certain that they took him. Indeed. So this just confirms it, though. Is there anything inside of it at all, or is it empty? Empty. It's empty. empty. Is there anything else in this room other than the sarcophagus, or was that it? Check for secret doors. Yeah, I'll check for secret. Okay. I'm sorry, Narmer. Well, well we're going to find him, right? Yes, we're mm. going to find him. Okay, so now we've got to stop. We've got to find Hosh's friend and a bee baby and a dead body. Okay, I'm going to make another list. Oh, I forgot to tell the list to him when we were killing him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, when, when we fought when we fought the combat guy, I was going to go through an entire list of like, you killed this guy and this guy and this guy, and that's why we're killing you. I'm pretty he sure he already knew. Okay. All Just, right. I didn't want him to be confused while we were stabbing him. He wasn't. Okay. Citra rolled an 18. Uh, using her lens of detection and all that jazz, she gets a 37 to check for any secret passages or compartments or all of the above. On the north wall of this chamber, skillfully constructed, uh, is an exceptionally well-hidden secret door. Ha ha! I told you! Alright, so I think I actually found something. I told you! Hollis claps you on the back maybe a little too hard. Well, we, we don't know if it's Well, the, if they helpful. they definitely took someone's body. Unless there was no one there at all. Well, they may have taken him, but whatever he had hidden behind this door, maybe they didn't find. And maybe that's helpful. That's possible. Citra checks to make sure it's not trapped and then, I guess, attempts to open it. You found the release when you found the door, so... She opens it. Very well. As you open this door, the door slides almost silently into the wall. The door itself is thick, some three feet thick, in fact, mm. and leads to a cobweb-strewn hallway that you can hey, see beyond. Hey, that's a good sign. Go ahead, go ahead and have everyone roll me a perception. Is it side-based? No. Yay! I rolled a 19 for a 19. I rolled a 10 for a 29. I roll a 7 for a 14. Narma rolls a 12 for an 18. I roll a 5 for a 19. Go Sudi's ears. Everything's coming up sooty. So the door slides into the wall. All of you distantly hear something. Maybe that makes some of you leery. Probably excites Masika. Ooh, is it chicken? <laughs> this distant grinding and this constant tick, 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 sound coming from somewhere further up ahead. Citra, you step, begin to step forward into the hallway, looking down the length of it where you can see the hallway stretches ahead to another door set further down the passage. This one is still intact. That sounds to be where this is coming from. Sudi, however, you hear this ticking. Imagine your ear twitching with each tick as you hear it in the distance. You then hear this soft cracking. And as you look back, the statue of Tall looks down on you. God, I have a holy symbol of Ta. As the golem, <laughs> encased seemingly in this plaster, turns as it begins to crack through it, turns its Dude. head down towards you, 
its eyes seem to blink as blazing green light pours out from inside of it and each crack splinters open as more green light pours out from inside of its cracking carapace. And I will need initiative from the party next time. Of what course. on earth? You should have used your golem bane scarab to detect it. I have it. a golem bane scarab. It's a standard action to use it. But you didn't use it. It'll be worth using. The damage reduction is automatic. It's a standard action to concentrate on it. Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mummy's Mask is copyrighted 2014. Mummy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.